Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Goodwood Preview Podcast. We are here looking at day three, the Thursday. We've already done one for Tuesday and for Wednesday. So if you're watching this first but that hasn't taken place, have a look on YouTube, on the Odds Checker site, on the Odds Checker channel, or look for any of those podcast apps so you can listen to those first. As ever, I'm joined by Andy Holding to my right, Odds Checker's very own horse racing tipster, whose uh, articles and tips will be out every morning of the festival and, and pretty much every morning of the year anyway. And to my left is Mike Spence, professional punter and regular on the Odds Checker podcast. Uh, straight into it then, uh, we are recording this on Monday morning, just around, just before uh, midday. So only the first four races have been priced up. We will, I'll open the floor to the other guys to see if there's any horses in the other three races of the day to take their fancy. But we'll start with the first, the Unibet Handicap, um, and it looks like a tough one to make your way through at the moment, the field being as it is. Uh, Mike, you just said it's probably the hardest race to, to make sense of, of the week. I'll rattle through the, the current prices and we can see where we go. Uh, Forest of Dean, 7-1 to one favourite. Sinjari and County, 9-1. to one. Corcho, Dark Vision, uh, Dalalat. Uh, Walk in the Sandal, 10-1. to one. Le Don de Vie, Blenheim Palace, 12-1. to one. Um, 14 to 1 bar but there are plenty of other runners um, currently in there at the moment so just because you said it was the hardest race of the day um, Mike I'll, I'll make you make sense of it first cool I'll run through four and I'll make a case for all four and then okay, okay. people can decide so I think this will revolve around four horses um, if they run <laughs> if they run I'm pretty sure three are definitely running and then one of them I'm not sure about because he doesn't have a jockey on so at the moment um, we'll run through him first and that's Sinjari um, who was a bit disappointing at Ascot, um, went quite well fancied. It went off 4-1, to one, the King George V handicap, but he was drawn in the car park that day. He had a torrid run round, everything went wrong, and that's a race really to ignore for him. But his form went second to Hedman at Newbury, is fantastic form. Hedman's come out and won a Group 3 in France since. Um, amazingly, he's been dropped £1 for Ascot. It's like that fantastic bit of handicapping where his form from Newbury's managed to get better, and then he gets dropped. But he is definitely a horse, better horse than 96, but at the moment he might not run. Um, so the three I think it revolves around are Forrest of Dean, um, who's a very talented horse. He was fourth behind Hedman and Sinjari at Newbury, but he hasn't had much racing, um, and he really is in the same boat as Sinjari is, and they're both going to run similar races here because of how their form ties in. Um, Frankie's already been booked for him. This will have been the plan for a little while. Um, he's obviously looks like he's had a slight setback, um, but he'll run very well. And then the two, which I think are probably the better two for me, um, Fox Premier. I gave him a rave reviews in the Ascot preview, and he just ran a bit of a stinker for no real reason, albeit the only one I can clutch at is that the ground might have gone too soft. Um, but he beat a horse called Samim at Sandown, um, who came out and won a handicap at Ripon since and was then the winner of a listed race at Hamilton not too long ago. Um, and this horse is rated 95, which is significantly lower than his ability. I'm, I'm 100% sure about it. Um, <coughs> Sylvester D'Souza's already been booked for him. And if he can come back to that form at Sandown, which was also over 10 furlongs, then I think he's going to go very, very well. Um, he's just he's just a really smart horse, um, and he'll definitely do better. And the final one of the four is Almania, 
um, who ran very well at Ascot in the King George V handicap again. It's funny that all these three-year-olds seem to tie in with each other. Um, he had a very wide trip that day, um, and I thought he ran very well considering. Um, he then went to Ascot, and I backed him, and he was given a shocking ride in the circumstances, held up right at the back of an incredibly slowly run pace, and given absolutely no chance. Um, Andrea Azzini's been booked here, um, so it's clearly been the plan for some time. He'll have no problems dropping in trip with the fast pace that's almost guaranteed here. Um, and he's another horse which I'm sure will prove better than 95 in time. So Armenia currently 16 to 1, Fox Premier 14 to 1. The 16 to 1 Armenia is with uh, 365, the 14 to 1 on Fox Premier with William Hill. Um, current favourite is Forrest of Dean at 7 to 1 across the board. And you, as you mentioned, Sinjari, best price 9 to 1 with Hills. But do be careful because. With all of these, if you do back them now, um, this is Monday, and they don't run, um, your bet will be settled as a loser. So it could be worth with Sinjari not being dropped up at the moment, just waiting until uh, this time tomorrow just to make sure that, that he runs. Um, Andy, uh, that's four from Mike. Are we going to get four from you? To be fair, Mike's on the absolute money with all of those. Um, you know, he's obviously... Follows all the same form lines as I, I have. Um, they all stuck up really well, don't they? Uh, that Forrester Dean ran well in the Headman race, we know that. Just didn't quite get home on the day. Maybe there's something come to light that didn't at the time. He's got to be a player of sorts. Um, and then we talk about those two horses Mike Mike touched upon in the um, the, the big mile-and-a-half handicap. Sinjari got a coffin box draw. I know that the wide draw is the place to be at Ascot now on the round track, and if, you, if you're stuck on the inside on the swamp, you you just can't make any ground at all. But he was, he got dished out 22 or 22. And I think James Doyle and Connections have got a plan to try and stay wide on the better ground. But in doing so, he was lit up, he was wide, he got no cover when he got back in. And in the end, he, he ran all right, you know, to only get beat 11 lengths. But Law Physics caught up with him uh, in the end and he was, he, was, he was well beaten and finished eighth. But I think he's better than that, as Mike suggested. If you, if you look at his run when he was second in the silver... Um, London the London Gold Cup, big part, not the Silver Bowl. Uh, when he beat Forrest of Dean and was second to Headman, he'd have an obvious chance on that fall because he looked mile and a quarter stronger than race. Big field handicap, bang, that's his, that's his bag. Combination of the draw and the mile and a half and the soft ground did him at Ascot. So, and the fact that you know he's been given a pound back if you're weights and measures man, he's deciding on the cake. So he's got to be on the shortlist. Uh, and Fox Premier got dished out the opposite. Um, slap across the wrist on the draw that day because he was drawn two mm. so he got pinned down on the rail and if everything that went round the inside on the mile and a, half, a mile and a quarter mile and a half track at Goodwood at Ascot for the two or three days when the ground was genuinely soft had absolutely no chance if you go back and watch the videos they were literally running on, on sludge and swamp out wide is the place to be everything came down the middle in the home straight and, and it was such a a terrible disadvantage so ultimately he hasn't run too bad he's only just finished behind Sinjari for slightly different reasons and, and the form of that race has worked out really well um, they've all run well out of it uh, the, the one to take out that race as well was an horse called Majestic Dawn I'm sure Mike's on, onto him he ran brilliantly in that walk in, walk in the Sands race at, at um, again another very good mile and a quarter handicap at uh, Newmarket he'll win a big pot at some stage this season unfortunately he's not in this one um, so yeah that, he, to be honest, Mike 
Mike and me, I think we've covered the main protagonist. Court, Court Chow's the only one other one I'd probably throw into the mix because um, he ran well beyond walking the sands at Newmarket. Well, I asked you to give me four horses. I didn't expect them to be the same before. Amazing, so yeah. Well, that, well, it's amazing. That it's just almost it's the same line. Yeah, obvious, really, if you, if you, yeah. if you know your big mile and a quarter, mile and a half handicap form. And a nice uh, Easter egg for people listening as well for a horse to keep track of. Who is that? Majestic the, Dawn. Majestic Dawn. Yeah, when, it, when he runs next time out, he's worth watching. To stick in your tracker, especially if those forwards go well here. So, easy. Just four, four yeah. horses in your tracker from both of you. Easy as peas, uh, as move, Keith Lemon would say. Move on to the second race of the day, the Richmond Stakes. Um, we have Threat is the 5-2 to two favourite. Guildsman, 11-2. to two. Uh, Golden Horde, 13-2. to two. Symbolise, 10-1. to 12-1 to one bar. Um, Andy, coming straight back to you here for, yep. the, uh, for the Richmond. I think this is a substandard Richmond on paper. Quite a few of these are also likely to run early on in the week. We've seen them entered up already, so we could get down to seven or eight runners, something in around that region. So Threat, therefore, really does stand out on, the, on his Coventry form. He was well back favourite that day. He was a steady whisper horse. The wise guys were all on him, weren't they, for the Coventry? And albeit he didn't come out on top, he, he did everything. But to be honest, he went through the race like the good horse they thought he, he was. Uh, Arizona was just too strong for him on the day, which was no just massive came up surprise. Against, uh, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. think it was a great Coventry. I think it was a good Coventry, but you know, the ones that have run in it so far, the refugees have just intimated that like, it was an okay renewal this year rather than a, a vintage one. But in a equally sort of modish-looking Richmond, I, I suggest, then I think he, he does stand out. The only one I think might improve from the sort of maiden uh, route into into Patton Company in one full swoop, because a lot of these have run in uh, the, the the better races so far this season, and you know haven't set the world alight. Is the horse called Raw Commando? Charlie Hills is. He ran in a very good race first time out at Newmarket. Uh, which I thought was a pattern race in all but, all but name. Um, and he went through the line really strong that day. I've no hesitation to think that that form was poor. And he went to Doncaster the day and absolutely battered um, um, a, a really strongly fancied horse of um, William Haggis's called Bad Ear, uh, who was last of the four. Um, but I, I really do like him, a Royal Commando. I think he's a proper horse in the making so he's won at a big price I've seen 14, 16 and 1 for him yeah um, currently Royal Commando's 14 to 1 with the yeah. three firms he's an interesting runner but threat look he's, it's a very high standard and I unless Mike's got something that I haven't got on my figures to come up with and um, this is his to lose really I'd suggest I'd be worried that he's not going to run ooh right okay plan was definitely to go to the go for the vintage on Tuesday mm. and he was jocked up until the decoration stage and they took Tom Markand off at the last minute and he's not jocked up to run on Thursday so I would be slightly concerned that he might not run if I was going to be having a bet at this stage this is so, up for grabs then isn't it because I don't think Guildsman's going the right way no and which is even more boring I think threat sets the standard here Maxi Boy was a non-runner over, over seven on at Ascot on Saturday and this seems like an afterthought to me because he was never in the vintage also not dropped up as well currently Maxi yeah. he's got Frankie on oh really yeah Frankie rides okay. Maxi boy but I wouldn't want to really be betting a horse that 
they wanted to go seven at Ascot and is now dropping to six at Goodwood. That yeah. that would be a negative for me. Um, I like Royal Commando as well, actually. The new market run was fantastic. I think he'd have won if he hadn't yeah. got squeezed he ran on the in behind. He, there, was, there was like yeah. three horses in front of him. He couldn't go anywhere, could he? he? I, th- I think he'd have won. And, and he, I don't know why I didn't go off favourite at Doncaster, but he, he no. certainly justified that and he was a very good winner. I think he's very good. This is a big ask on his third start. But at 14s and 16s, I certainly think he's overpriced. He is, I mean, yeah. he's not going to go off any bigger either if this happens to get aired in time and you're able to back him at 14s and 16s. Kieran Schumacher's on him. He looks a certain runner. And, I, you know, all I think if you're backing him now, I just think you're either going to be getting that price or he's going to go off 8-1 to one on the day. I mean, I know Bron, I know he's run one out of his three. He's got Harpocrates, uh, King, King Neptune and... and Royal Dornock and none of those have shown that they're no. anywhere near the leading lights of former years from, from an Aidan O'Brien battalions um, I mean other than Arizona the ones that he's brought over here have been yeah. fairly underwhelming the season mm. I mean this race could is very much up for grabs if, if the word is that threat doesn't run um, I don't know what Symbolise does or what, does she run early on does she run in the, the- Malcolm? The one that was fourth behind no, no, that, Southern Hills. Don't, that didn't get declared. No. So any entry is that will probably run. She, she's an interesting. She's an interesting horse. David Probert dropped up as well. So yeah. I think symbolise will go ten to one currently. Symbolise. Well, probably. He, he, that's sorry. He's a cult. Beg your pardon. That looks a bit yeah. big. Um, I think Golden Horde will run run well. But he's, he's got a fair bit to find with Threat at the same time. But he's he's a good horse. But yeah, I think Royal Commando for me at, at the moment. He's probably the better. I, think yeah. I do think if Threat was to turn up, then he'd probably be. He's certainly the one to beat, I think. But Royal Commando at 14s and 16s is. I'd be taking a chance with him. Yeah. I think probably. he's the one with the most potential, Royal Commando, yeah. this, of this whole field. And with Threat, you know, it's probably if he does run here and if, you know, tomorrow um, he, is, he is declared to run, you'll probably be taking a slightly shorter price. But, you know, you, you take that just, just to have the insurance of knowing you're not going to do exactly, your money if, yeah. if he comes out. Is and and for, 14 to 1 about Royal Commando. You think he's going to run? May as well take that in case a threat does come out. Then he's yeah, back to... yeah. Well, he, he's look. He's he's not going to go bigger than fourteen to one, isn't even no. a threat run, runs because there's going to be other defectors anyway. But if you get the, if you get other defectors and threat comes out, you've got the double whammy, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I I could see him going off that field. Cuts up the way we're thinking. He could go off well single figures, but quite conceivably six, seven, or one shot. He's a nice looking horse as well. Um, obviously I've only seen him on the videos but he didn't look out of place at Newmarket he towered over his horses the three that he beat at Donny he was very strong at the finish very professional got a, looks as though he's got a good mind as um, Aidan O'Brien would say uh, and he was eased down as well he got more to come so I think we've both hit the nail on the head with him good stuff easy as you like um, on to the Gordon Stakes now uh, Constantinople is a 3-1 to favourite Spanish Missions 9-2 to Jalmud 11-2 to Dal Horiskel is now eight to one, but a, a sea of blue and odds checker after being taken out of the race on Wednesday. Um, so as short as six to one now. So I'm going to suggest that by the time this goes out, that eight to one probably won't be there anymore. Uh, Nyaf Road ten to one, South Pacific ten to one, Technician and Leo de Fury twelve to one, fourteen to one bar. Uh, Mike, well, how are you? I, I do, it's a bad race for usual, in, in my opinion. I, I think most of these that have got a lot of form are, aren't good enough, and so. Part of Spanish mission, I think, probably sets a decent enough standard, but he's a strong staying horse. He won over a mile five last time out. Not absolutely sure this is 
the right race for him but there aren't many alternatives so that, I'm sure that's why they're running he's got a £3 penalty Constantinople I think his form is the best form on offer here and he will probably run um, and if he was to run he sets a good standard but Del Horoskull I'd say he's probably the one at 8-1 eight, eight I mean he's almost getting to if Spanish Mission and Constantinople were to run I mean He's still got a fair bit to find with them. I wouldn't want to be taking much shorter than the eight to one if if they both ran. Um, I'm sure that James Dolls and or Ryan Moore can neither of them can ride, but I'm sure they'll find someone equally good enough to take the ride. But mm-hmm. he's almost getting to the right price for me. Constantinople, like, if he was to run, I think he would set a pretty good standard myself. Andy, yeah. The- it's a, it's a King George V hand, handicap form, isn't it, really? It's handicap yeah. form, but it is group form in all but name. Um, I thought South Pacific was a worthy winner. He was out of the handicap that day, came from a long way off the pace, just because he was a 20-to-1 shot and flowed the colours of more stronger fancied horses. They, they seem to get a bit of a stigma attached to them, uh, and they always seem the market doesn't react accordingly. Um, you could argue that Constantinople drifted over towards the inside at Ascot and ran on the slower ground in the last furlong, which maybe cost him the race. Um, and, and he's got a good chance of turning the form around, I suppose. Um, but a lot depends on what Aino Brian runs here. He seems to have this race by the short and curlies, as far as I could see. You know, even Al Paradiso, who was a wide margin winner at the Curry the other day, would have a chance of sorts if he ran. Spanish Mission looks the, the clear pick of the. Um, UK base horses winning the Bahrain was it the Bahrain Trophy was it yeah. um, but he, you know, he, he does look a ledger type doesn't he they either run him here or run him in the, in the Voltigeur but they've decided to come here um, it looks like they're going to decide to come here so a race at, at this stage anyway got a few ideas like Mike has but nothing absolute concrete wait till the, till the it's a, yeah until I know Brian dis- has said right this definitely runs and this doesn't oh, I, I guess similarly to it's a guessing it's game, a hard, really. Yeah, exactly. It's a hard race yeah. to make. And, and there's no massive price angles like there is with yeah. with threat with Royal Commando. We're yeah, looking yeah. at fourteen to one, yeah. and he looks like running. You could think, well, it, the South Pacific run, he's a seven or eight to one shot. That that looks value. But then if he doesn't run, you've done your dough. So you, yeah. I don't think there's much of an angle in on in this race at the moment. No. Okay, so one to maybe swerve for the time being in the Gordon States. Um, On to the Nassau now, and um, we have uh, Hermosa is the 9-4 to four favourite at the moment. That's with Labricks and Hills. Uh, Medaille is 4-1. to one. Uh, Channel, 15-2 to two alongside Masca- uh, Maxad. Uh, Rorda, 8-1 to one alongside I Can Fly. 12-1 to one bar. Um, so this is the fourth race on the Thursday. Andy, any, anything taking your eye here? I feel like, you know, with the Gordon there, we kind of um, step back a bit, so I need you to jump back. Yeah, in we need to get back, up, back on yeah. the bike down here. Look, you know, Hermos has just been... Um, Revelation, you'd have to say so far this season. Of course, winner of the winner of the Guineas, winner of the Irish uh, Guineas, and then just I don't know, uh, just got beat fair and square on the day. Ascot, but again ran another perfectly respectable race. Obviously, the French filly improved upon her run in France when she was a bit unlucky the time before. Uh, you know what standard there is, you know, of, which is very high. She sets it as far as I could see. Um, the other the other race for the older horses was R- Rorder uh, represents that form line. She went down, all guns blazing. The form's worked out well. The fourth has won, isn't it? Vor- voracious. Yeah. Um, from the South Stable. It was a bit of an enigma, that horse, but either way, that, that's that's perfectly good form. 
I suppose the interesting one with Frankie on is Madaya, who was disappointing in the Oaks, but didn't think Rav Havlin gave that horse the best opportunity that day. Didn't handle the camber, got rolled around when there was horses in its way and didn't get a chance to really um, get up a full head of steam. But with Frankie back on board and a victory last time out um, under its belt, I'd expect her to be serving it up to this lot. Um, because she looked really good at Chester and the time before as well. She had two numbers when she... Even the, even the two-runner race, the numbers she clocked that day at Chelmsford so suggested that she was a Group 1 horse in the making. She backed that up with a Chester win. Circumstances with the issue at Epsom. But now she's racing back over a mile of court with Frankie on. Um, of the ones at the front end of the market, I'd be more interested in her. Mike? It's, yeah, please here. I'm going to put up one which I think will... Take a bit of beating, and you haven't mentioned it. Ooh. Sun Maiden hasn't posted many good time figures this year, but that's because she's won too slowly around races the last twice. And I was very impressed with how she won at Newcastle last time out. She didn't hit the heights last year, but she's from a family that really improves with age. She's mm. a half-sister to midday. Um, and I really like her. I th- I th- I, the, here you've, you've kind of got this dilemma with the three-year-olds and the older horses, and... The three-year-old form is much jazzier, but for me, their numbers have been pretty poor all year. And I'm very happy to take them all on, really. you kind of got to go with one or the other. Um, Maxad's figures have always been poor, and obviously she was disappointed, and she's thought of very highly. But Madai, yeah, her figures at Chester were good. I, I wasn't quite sure she was a group one filly, and while her most has won the races she's won, including, obviously two guineas I just I really don't know what she's beaten yet mm. and I don't think Sun Maiden has a lot to find at all here mm. and she just looks the type of stout horse he's just, so many of his improve with time and she is so much better for me on the figures so all three figures I've got this year are better than everything she's ever done and I just think she's only coming good this year she, she was valued for so much more than half a length win over Nialetti last time I mean she was a filly in a much better better grade um, I think she's going to cause a bit of an upset here myself um, big question will be the jockey Jim Crowley, Asheen Murphy Frankie and Ryan are all already booked so not sure who's going to ride which worries me slightly um, worries you who's going to ride or worries you that, that might not get there no sorry it's, no. I think she'll definitely run Okay, but I don't, so I'm a big fan of wanting a good jockey on the horses that I back, and I think we all are. <laughs> well, we all are, but at the moment, with there's not many, not that many top top class ones that Stout, Michael Stout normally uses, and just be waiting to see who was going to be on her. But I'd say she's a certain runner. There's no need to go now. She's not. There's no reason for her price to move at all before the day. If anything, she might be bigger on the day. I, I personally think everyone is going to get a bit carried away with these three-year-olds. And they're going to be a lot shorter than I think they should be, um, and I'm very ke- I'm very keen on her. So Sun Maiden currently twelve to one with Hills, Paddy's, and Unibet, and eight 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 Sport. But as Mike says, maybe worth just holding off a little bit and waiting to to know that you know who's on board, and and also maybe the price will ease out a little bit. And, and if I had to force your hand, Andy, on one you'd back now at the prices, um, at the prices I suppose Madai, but. 
there's been several races where I've been quite lukewarm about them, and this is another one that doesn't really sort of float my boat, if I'm being absolutely honest. I'm sure that'll change by on well, Thursday. Possibly, sure yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's early days yet. Yeah, yeah. Weather conditions change, and you get a feel for things as the meeting goes on, you know, which jockeys are seeing it, which trainers are in good form, and all of a sudden, you know, the Tory the Tory Gosden bandwagon, if it, it snowballs, and... Um, you know, it'll make confidence even more about Madai, but yeah, finding it hard to be massively enthusiastic over at the moment. Okay, well, three more races on the Thursday. Um, we've got the nursery, the five, uh, the last of the five furlong handicap, and also the the, the Phillies maiden. Any horses in those three that you guys want to want to quickly point out? No prices, I should say, at the moment because this is Monday. But if there's any horses, any entries that these guys want to flag up before we move on, I think. Mark Johnson will win the nursery. I'm just not sure which one of the three is going to win. <laughs> you know, if you offer me two to one, about five to two, for example, about Mark Johnson winning the race, I, I'd take that. If anyone wants to offer those odds to Mike, <laughs> you can find him on Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's got, he's got a fair few in there at the moment, doesn't he? So, um, yeah, Kings, Caper, Ifras and Fred are all jockeyed up. I think Ifras um, has got Frankie on at the moment. Fred has got Franny Norton on and Kings, Caper has got Ryan um, they all look three confirmed runners and they're three horses which are all well handicapped on my figures there you have it Mark Johnson to win the nursery in some way anything for you Andy in those three um, yeah George Scott runs an interesting one in the nursery called Dragon Command he won well at, in a good time at Hamilton two starts ago um, took him to York the other day he went off favourite and he got no looking running whatsoever um, he, was, he was going on quite strongly at the finish um, this has been the plan for him for quite a while He's, he's not badly handicapped. He should get in off 78. I think he's 21 on the card, but not sure what the maximum field is in the round trap. I think he 20. should... 20, yeah. I can't believe he won't get in. No. So he's, he's won right down the foot of the weights. Should, should be a decent price on the day. Oh, yeah, without that, yeah, he'd be 16, 20, no one I would have thought. Another one for the note for the Dragon Command um, for, from Andy, uh, for George Scott. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and hope we've given you some winners on the Thursday. Uh, look out for the podcast and videos we've done for Tuesday and Wednesday. We're going to do one now combining the first four races on Friday and the two races that are currently priced up on Saturday as well. So make sure you subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel in order to see those. Thank you very much to Mike and thank you very much to Andy. Keep your eyes out for Andy's column every morning of the Goodwood Festival.